Good afternoon, everyone. This is BX Sports Jedi Cap. Salute everyone. We are going to break down the playing NBA playing, but before we start, I want to bring in my two panelists today. I'm we are we're going to introduce a new a new member to the Jedi Sports family. Uh, when you when you start a family, you actually bring in family. So, with no further ado, let me bring in my two panelists, co-hosts here for tonight this afternoon. We have, of course, the world-renowned chef Dan in the building. Salute, Chef Dan. And with us so, making his debut is Mr. Daniel, Dan the man. What's going on? Salute. All right, gentlemen, gentlemen. Salute Gideon in the building. And let's 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 break it in. Let's let's uh go with it. Another NBA season has concluded. Regular season is over. Now we have the play-in tournament. And this afternoon, this evening, in about a couple hours from now, we got the Brooklyn Mets taking on hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, right now, Vegas likes the Brooklyn Nets. They're a nine and a half point favorite. They're a plus 360 uh, money line and a minus 475 over and under for 226.50 to combine scores. Um, <laughs> we're here in the infamous reach-in tournament, as Jedi once said. <laughs> um, but uh, looking at the uh, over-under on the points total, you know me, I got to call it like I see it. I'm going to help someone try and make some money. I got to take the over on that one tonight. I think it's going to go over. All right. All right. I got the injury report here for tonight. Brooklyn and Cavaliers. Jared Allen is out, and uh, Brooklyn Simmons is out. No Seth Curry. He stayed a day, so it looks like it might be a game time decision. Um, I think I think I think Curry plays tonight. What do you guys think, um, Daniel? Uh, I don't think he's gonna play tonight. I don't think he's gonna play tonight. Um, if he does play, it'll be a surprise to me. Um, the an the injury was really bad. It wasn't it wasn't a minor injury from what we could see. Um, the when I heard the coach talk about it in the, in the interview when he got hurt, he uh he sounded pretty concerned. Um, I think that they're I think they think they can pull it through and they're gonna bring him in for the for the playoffs. I think they're gonna bring him to the playoffs. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Um, when you say it like that, uh, Daniel, then I I, I might have to agree with you. I, I think they're gonna. Uh, I think Steve Nash is gonna think that the roster has enough talent. They know that uh, Cavaliers are down Jared Allen, who is their premier big man. So they're kind of, uh, you know, working through some other big men who, you know, they have on the roster. But it isn't really the best of the best and who their true rotation and what they'd like it to be as far as in the center position. And when you're when the big man is falling down, that kind of leaves your defense in a kind of worrisome state. We also know that uh Evan Mobley is also fighting an ankle injury that I know he's come back from, but it hasn't really been, uh, you know, everyone says it. Even though an NBA player comes back from an injury, that doesn't mean that they're all the way healthy. That just means that they're capable of fighting through the pain. And so that's what we see that he's doing right now. So it's going to be a big test for uh, that roster all in all. But like you said, I, I think Seth Curry, um, Seth Curry doesn't play tonight. If the injury was that bad, I didn't see the game. But if, like you're describing it to be, it, it, it was that bad of an injury, then he, it, it may be in the best interest of the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Even if you lose this game, 
then uh, uh, that mean, that just means you stay in the eighth seed and you're fighting for the eighth seed. But uh, yeah, that's worst case scenario for you. Best case scenario is you win this game without him and you get a couple more days rest. Now, I will say this. The Brooklyn Nets, as of right now, is if, is Kyrie, Kyrie Irving's playing tonight, if I'm correct. So Kyrie and Kevin Durant together, that is a, that is a threat bomb. Um, but... A lot of people aren't really talking about Darius Garland. Darius Garland goes off tonight. If Darius Garland goes off tonight, they're gonna be in some trouble because that guy, that guy, he knows what he's doing. He's had, he's already had a couple of games this season where he went off for 40, 45 points. And if I'm correct, this is, is he a rookie or is he this is his second year? No, this is his third year. Third year, third year in there. Yeah. So I think they gotta watch out for Darius Garland. Nobody's really talking about him too much, but. Um, yeah, I think he, he's probably going to do some damage tonight. I oh, Go ahead, Chad. No, I said I, I, I was agreeing. I was waiting for that point to bring um, Garland out there, you know, along with Mobley. You know, Mobley was out, was injured to close out the season. Is he healthy? Um, I think Cleveland could give a lot of trouble with their size. Um, and I, like they're getting there's also LeVert. And, and Love will be huge tonight, you know. Yeah, on the wing, can do Brooklyn have enough defense to stop those wings and and not allow them to stretch the floor? You know, because marketing is going to cause them havoc with his, with their size and length with Mobley on the on the glass. We saw that you know Brooklyn, they're not gonna they, they're not gonna play the Knicks where they got like four or five six opportunities for rebounds. They're gonna have to rebound the ball and 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 get and team rebound. And it's going to be interesting with these wings defenders if they if they cannot secure a rebound or second opportunities, can the Cleveland Cavaliers make Brooklyn pick? What's your guys' thoughts on that? I agree with that a hundred percent. But my one worry, my one qualifier in agreeing with that is, like you guys said, Darius Garland to me is not the guy to worry about. I think the two guy, the two guys on the the Cleveland Cavaliers roster that I do think you you have to worry about is um, you got to worry about Evan Mobley and you got to worry about Laurie Markkinen because those guys I believe well Evan Mobley he's a rookie so number one it's going to be his first time ever in such a you know in such an environment where you're kind of playing playing for your uh, playoff hopes and everything. Like, you've actually seeded, but then if you really look at the story of your season, you guys started off great, but then you started to curtail somewhere around the end, and now you're here fighting for seeding. Nonetheless, it's a, it's been a great season for you guys because the team is relatively young, but you do have some guys in Kevin Love and Karis LeVert who have been in the playoffs before, have some familiarity there, and, you know, can help uh, be leaders and, and voices to talk to these guys. The reason why I worry about Laurie marketing is the same reason for Evan Mobley, is that he hasn't been in the playoffs either. He's never been in that environment. And Laurie marketing his game isn't, it's really predicated off catch and shoot, after that, he isn't going to break you down off the dribble. So he's going to be looking to play off of other players. My hope, my hope is, well, the, the, the thing I'm watching with that game is, is Laurie Markkinen going to be effective enough to where he's not a liability on the court? 
are they not are they going to go hunting for him because if not you're probably going to have to make some substitutions where you may have to put in Kevin Love in there but then you don't want to put Kevin Love out there for an extended amount of time because he's an aging player and defensively that's going to be a liability against this offensive juggernaut in the Brooklyn Nets I, 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 I 100% agree with that um, what I do want to say is what do you guys think when it comes to so we have this playing tournament so it's win or go home you know what what happens here is what happens here tonight so they got to leave it all on the floor um they have said they don't ben simmons isn't going to play for the playing tonight or the rest of the regular season um but knowing that if they lose tonight it could be over do you guys think that steve nash saying he's not going to play ben simmons a possible somebody that's supposed to be a threat you think that's kind of him showing some type of some lack of confidence in his game? Or do you think, you know, no, I think he just Ben is not just not in NBA ready shape to put her in a, in a, in a high pressure situation. And you could sneak him in on a regular in a best of seven series to get acclimated. But when it's do or die, I can see why you you won't play Simmons yet. Because the pressure, and remember that what was the narrative coming into the season with why he's no longer a 76er is that he, for some reason, he 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 couldn't handle that pressure in the last shot. Or he didn't he chose not to, he chose to pass off the ball, and then you put him in a win or go home situation. Personally, I think it's a can't win situation, but if you ease him in on a first round playoff um series, guess best of seven, then there's really not there is pressure, but not to that degree of win or go home. I agree. I agree. I think the reason why you don't play Ben Simmons is because the only player he has some sort of chemistry with is Seth Curry. I think the reason why you don't play Ben Simmons is because the first time he puts on the uniform, if he is Ben Simmons and you are going to want to have the ball in his hands a lot, you're probably not going to want his first game to be a high state game. And even looking throughout this playoffs, I wouldn't want Ben Simmons to play in any of these games either. You really, if you've chosen not to play any games all throughout the regular season, not even to acclimate yourself with the team because practice is one thing. Playing in the game is a whole nother beast. And then knowing that the playoff defense in and of itself is an entirely different beast from the regular season. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't want that situation to, 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 to be had because I, I tell you this, regardless of his performance, right? If he plays great, then, you know, it, it's great and all that. But then it's going to be with limited returns because we know Ben Simmons isn't offensively gifted like that right if he plays bad though the media firestorm isn't on ben simmons the media firestorm is on steve nash they're gonna ask what were you thinking when you put him in right right i think i think one of his biggest problems is still to say one of his biggest problems that we've been discussing from when he first came into the league up to now he needs a jump shot point blank period 
he is limited at that right there, right then and there. He can his driving ability is amazing. Don't get me wrong, but they said he needs a jump shot for the longest, you know. Um, and I think you know he he's had the off season on off season on off season to work on it, and he's kind of still in the same position, which is why I'm not too surprised that you know the coach isn't really too too quick to throw him out there like that. I mean, he has to work so. Um, I agree with I agree with uh, Jedi when he says you know the coach probably isn't really thinking about it too much. Yeah, definitely. Let me ask the, let me ask this question: uh, Kyrie and Katie, they're gonna need a third complementary scorer, Brooklyn, to help the load off. Um, do you think? Do you see that coming out of a combination of Aldridge and Claxton in the center position, or? Cam Thomas, um, they, they're definitely, definitely going to need that third third body to score because we know Cleveland is going to have Garland, they're going to have marketing, love, you know, they they Mobley, they need another, I, I, you know, this is where they're going to miss a Harden, and if Simmons is not going to play, and if Curry's out on, his, on, on the back, ankle, leg, where do you guys see that third option coming from? It's got to be Patty Mills. It's got to be Patty Mills. Patty Mills has got to be that outlet, and he's got to he's got to be uh, you know on for these next two games. He it's it's got to be to a point where you know he he always is a threat. You do have to guard him beyond the three point line, but it, it's now more so Patty Mills is gonna have to have to you know fake the three, drive, get a touch in off of a floater. Get some rhythm going. Then from there, you're going to shoot the threes. You're going to pressure them with some, you know, driving to get some people in foul trouble. You got He's got to diversify the game a little and help uh, Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant out. That's the only way that they have an outlet there because I'm not looking for LaMarcus Aldridge to turn back the clock. It, it's, it's highly unlikely. They're not going to play uh, Blake Griffin. Cam Thomas is a rookie. I wouldn't count on a rookie. What you get from him is going to be all gravy and uh, all gravy on top. But it's got to be Patty Mills. Yeah, he's Patty Mills. I agree. Um, Patty Mills is definitely going to have to step in. He's definitely going to have to do his thing. Because, you know, let's not forget, LaMarcus Aldridge at this point, he is a veteran. He's considered a vet. Um, But, like, he said, like you said, you know, I, I'm not looking at him turning back the clock. He's getting older. Um, and when the fourth quarter comes and it really gets down to clutch time, we're going to need Patty Mills to step in because, like you said, Seth Curry isn't in the game. He's not playing. Uh, ben Simmons isn't playing. So he's going to have to step in as that other point guard, point blank. Yeah, we shall see with Patty Mills. I forgot about Mills there when, when I mentioned that third complimentary scorer. You know, he's got that championship pedigree from San Antonio. You know, you could see he could take over. He could easily hit some shots and, and really, you know, take over a game. You know, we shall see. Brooklyn is a nine-point favorite. Um, let me let me get start with Chef Dan. Who do you think wins tonight? Hmm. I, ah, man. I want to say Cleveland because of all the options they have. But something in my gut tells me is that when you have a lot of options, 
that really means you don't know what to go with at the end because you, you, you know it's too much too it's, it's too much in front of you I I gotta go with Vegas here I think Brooklyn's gonna win this I gotta go with Brooklyn I gotta go with Brooklyn I just don't see Kevin Durant you know regardless of how well they really play you know I'm not, I'm not saying the Cavaliers are a bad team they're a young team you know they're 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 a young team that is that definitely built over the years from you know when LeBron and the Cavs that whole thing happened they've definitely built from that on today um but Kevin Durant's not gonna let them lose he just won't let it happen he'll drop 55 if he has to <laughs> let's just say that yeah I see Durant very very focused vicious ready to go um and they have that stat just by a toe they could have been in the Caribbean 76ers and Vegas is saying a nine and a half um favorite and it's in Brooklyn by the way so also you know unfortunately tragedy happened this early morning in in Brooklyn subway station where you know they're going to be heavy hearts with on the minds of, of the players and, and that's going to be a, a an inspirational Brooklyn isn't really going to need it but you know I kind of I wanted to say Cleveland to win it because also I'm a Nick fan I don't want to receive the Brooklyn Nets and would love them to go into a, into a elimination game but damn I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Brooklyn I think Brooklyn wins this game as well I think Cleveland is gonna just sit back and play the elimination and um broke and brooklyn's on on to boston you know and if they win they're on to boston um, we shall see there uh the the second game of the night uh we're gonna have the Cla- the clippers taking on the minnesota surprising minnesota timberwolves the clippers are an underdog but by three points the money line is at plus 130. uh the over and under is 230 that's a minus 150. Remember, guys, these numbers in Vegas is for you guys to bet with your head, not over your head. Be smart, um, please. Um, and, um, we don't. We just put the numbers out there for you guys to see it. But over and all, um, that's kind of, that calling a two two hundred and thirty points, high scoring game up there, there, Chef Dan. Yeah. Yeah, it is going to be a high scoring affair. I, I believe it to be so. I I, I would take the. Um, Matter of fact, I would take the 230 right there at it. I, w- I wouldn't go over or under. I would take the 230. If you want to go over, go over. But I'd be comfortable with taking 230. All right. And let's break that, that matchup down. Um, I got the injury report here as of right now. Of course, no Kawhi Leonard. Here's the one that, that's kind of surprising for the Clippers. No Luke Kennard. You know, Luke Kennard can spread, spread the floor down stretch it out and surprisingly Minnesota is going in with a full complimentary deck of players no injury so my man Pat Beverly will be in there yeah um yeah and that's that's that veteran leadership for that young team there not yeah I I agree um not only that but you know people don't forget Carl Anthony Towns dropped a career high of 60 points this year against the Phoenix Suns. He dropped 60 points. Um, he's been hot this whole season. He's been hot this whole season. That is a guy that you have to watch out for in the paint. 
but you can't leave him open at three either because he will hit the three. You know, um, he's going to be a problem. He's definitely going to be a problem. Patrick Beverly, you know, he's already hyping up the defense. You know how he is. He's getting everybody's gear. Um, he will make you fight him and get a technical. So they are, they're not going to be a pushover at all. I think that the Clippers not having Kawhi Leonard is, I think the Clippers not having Kawhi Leonard is going to be some sort of a problem. Um, but they, they've learned to adjust to it since they haven't had him really all season. Um, but it's going to be a good game to watch for sure. Yeah, I think the, uh, I think the, I think, I think the Timberwolves will come out on top. I think they'll, I think they'll come out on top. Chip, Chip Dan, when I know I mentioned Patrick Beverly, my man, Patrick Beverly, I know he's laughing. He knows why. He knows why. That's, that's not even why I'm laughing. <sighs> Daniel, Jedi. I think I'm going to say my famous last words, and it is the most famous last words ever said by someone. <laughs> You're probably going to tell me, don't fall for the trap, but I'm falling for it. MVP George is back right now. MVP George is back right now. I, I, I believe in Paul George. Oh my God, those are the famous last words of Oh my god. I tell you, I tell you, White Falcon will be so happy to hear that right now. Oh my gosh. Oh man. If we know Paul George's playoff history, we know he usually comes up short in clutch time and needed moments. And especially in a game where it Vegas has it as a three three-point spread. That means one possession, one shot. It's anyone essentially vegas is essentially saying it's anyone's game I, oh my god i believe in the clippers and i think Ty Lu coaches way too well i think his adjustments are way too well and as good as chris finch is with you know that team and i know they're healthy my issue is that i don't like as good as anthony edwards is in that he can shoot you into a game I know he can shoot you out of a game. And the same thing could be said for D'Angelo Russell. Same way he could shoot you to a victory, he could shoot you to defeat. And I could kind of say the same thing about Carl Anthony Towns. I might be able to say things, maybe might be able to say the same thing about Malik Beasley as well. They have too many guys on that team that as offensively gifted as they are, they're not consistent and so i think i believe that it i, I believe somewhere somehow tyron Lue is gonna find the right combination and i know he's got players out right now but i think that's even when we see tyron Lue at his best i think we're, we're gonna start to see tyron Lue at his best coaching in this moment right here where he knows if he can win this game he can secure his team some rest time he could possibly get luke Kennard back in time for the uh you know in time for the playoffs and he'd have you know just you know uh, one less person to worry about but also man my famous last words i believe in paul george and i think he's gonna get the job done for the clippers in this postseason game I think the Clippers are going to win the game. Yeah, I can see that. Because I, I can see that because... Gods bless me. 
because Anthony Edwards ain't no R.J. Barrett, so that's why I don't think he's gonna show up. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, who do you like tonight? I, I, I'm taking. I, I think you're gonna take the Clippers too. You take the Clippers. I can't take the Clippers. I just can't. I can't. It's de definitely Timberwolves. Definitely Timberwolves. Um, I'm telling you right now, having Kawhi out the game is a huge problem. Not only is it a problem, but when you're playing against a team that is very offensively strong in all areas of the floor in terms of big man and shooting, you know, and Kawhi Leonard was, if not the best defensive player in the league at a certain point of time, not having him in the game will be crucial. Um, I I just, I take the Timberwolves in this one. I think that, you know, like you were saying, uh, Chef Dan, Anthony Edwards is going to do his thing. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, he's going to do his thing. They just have too, they have too many pieces. They have too many pieces to not win. Like they, they just have too many pieces. They're going to win. They're going to win. So I, I, I wish I could agree with you, man. Like I said, <laughs> but I just, I know if there's anyone that could, that could, you know, with a team like that, that could, you know, shock the NBA world or possibly just go, you know what? He did it again. It would be Tyron Lue. I think he could, he could coach a very good game. And my famous last words before we get to the next game, my famous last words. Uh, uh, you know, you know, very few NBA fans like hearing this this statement. I believe Paul George will get the job done for the Clippers in this postseason game. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow! Before we before we move on to the next game, though, I'm, I'm reason why I'm rooting for the Clippers to win this game. I do want to see Minnesota get the eight seed because I do want to see Minnesota go up against the Phoenix Suns. I want to see what the agent uh, Aiden, Carr Anthony Towns, Booker, uh, Edwards, Beverly, uh, Joe, uh, uh, you know Beverly and, and um, Chris Paul, you know all those narratives, all those names, all those back and forth, you know Beasley, Ken Thomas, so forth. That's a more sexier match. Yeah, and I know that's gonna have G Money eating his fingernails if they play the Kim. <laughs> That's all for selfish reasons. That's all. Why I'm I'm rooting for you know Clippers to win tonight and Timber Minnesota. Um, we'll talk about the other, you know what happens afterwards. But then Wednesday night, guys, we'll move on to Wednesday night. Wednesday night, the second playing game. We're we'll going to have the nine ten matchup, and it takes place in in Atlanta, where the Charlotte Hornets will go on the road and take on the Atlanta Hawks. Um, the Atlanta Hawks are are the favorite in this game, a four and a half point favorite. Um, the money line is at plus 160, and the over and under is minus 190. Uh, 263 points, 36, 236 points, excuse me, is the over and under. That's a lot of numbers. I'll take the under. Um, well, and Atlanta has a lot of injuries. You know, no, no Brown Jr., no New Williams, no John Collins, and uh, for, for, of course, the Hornets, there's no Hayward. Um, and no Nick Richards, and that's pretty much that's it. They're gonna have, you know, everyone else. Ball's healthy, you know. Bridges is healthy. Montez Harrell is gonna be a pain in the neck there, causing havoc against the Hawks. Um, man, 
to see the Hawks favorite there, four and a half. Uh, I, I don't see. Are they the Melon team? I, I don't see it. I don't see it either. I've seen too many games this year where John Collins actually got that Atlanta Hawks out of some pretty sticky situations. Um, John Collins is a huge piece. People need to realize that. Um, and I just got two names for you. Two names for you right now. Lamelo Ball and Terry Rozier. It's gonna get really ugly. It's gonna get really ugly because those two guys. I mean. Put it this way, LaMelo's a rookie right now. He just doesn't care. He doesn't care that first year or second year, it doesn't matter. He's going in there. He's playing ball like he's been in the NBA for the past five to ten years right now. He's doing under-the-leg alley-oops off the glass to his teammates. and He's um he's definitely going to be a problem. He's going to be an issue. Yeah. So um, I have the Hornets' favorite in this game. I have the Hornets' favorite in this game. I have to say that, Jedi. Um, yeah, I agree with you 100% but for a completely different reason to the point that you brought up earlier John Collins being out I think it opens up the floor for someone else I think the I think the Hawks are gonna have to overplay Miles Bridges and so Miles Bridges if they don't overplay him, I believe he's going to go on a tear. And it's funny. Miles Bridges, to me, he is the, the deciding factor in this game. And I just don't see the Hawks having anyone who could contain Miles Bridges. And with the season he's having so far this year, I would not be surprised if this is the game where he puts up a 40-piece and pushes the Hornets past the Hawks. I agree with you 100%, but it's not for LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier, who I believe they're going to do their thing regardless. I think the real piece in where like the they're going to find out what they the Hawks can't stop is Miles Bridges. Yeah, I can see I can see Bridges causing them havoc. And down in the paint, uh, you know, Trey Young is going to do his thing uh, with Capella, but I think that this Hawks team is going to be up and ready. Um, don't don't fall asleep on Mason Plumlee. I think Plumlee is going to be pretty. I'm not going to say he's a world leader or going to make a difference, but he's going to be solid. That's going to help them in this matchup against the Hawks. And I think I, I, I see I see Hornets going into Atlanta and coming up with a victory, man. I think they win by seven. I agree with that 100%. I, I think it, it, that is a possibility. Not only that, when I look at it, 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 oh man, I think the Hornets have better athletes than the Hawks right now. With because because they're missing so so many uh, people that are pivotal to what the Hawks. I'm talking about. They're missing so much people that are pivotal to what they need to get done in their offense. I just don't think it gets I, I like Nate McMillan is probably gonna have to experiment with his lineup a little bit. And that means he's gonna have to serve up a masterpiece. And I don't associate Nate McMillan and coaching masterpiece. Those yeah. two sentiments that are far, far apart. Yeah. Yeah. I um I've already made my point that I believe that the Hornets will you know, favor over the Atlanta Hawks, but we cannot get off this topic without me mentioning these two names. 
first of all, Kelly Oubre is giving 15 points right now off the bench. Okay. Oubre is giving 15 points off the bench right now. And another name we can't forget, he's not being talked about too much, but he's going crazy right now. Isaiah Thomas, the threat. Do not, do not, you know, he, Isaiah Thomas, he can come off the bench real quick and give you four, four to five threes. You know, he, 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 um, he had a hot game the other night against with the Hornets. Uh, I don't remember exactly which game it was, but he had like 12, 15 points in one quarter. And that was his first game, you know, coming back playing with them. So um, I think that they have a lot of pieces. The Hornets definitely have a lot of pieces um, that's going to put this game together for them to win. But one of the big things they have that the Atlanta Hawks don't have is Hornets don't have that many injuries. A lot, Most of their people are playing. Atlanta Hawks have like three or four players hurt. You know, that's really hurting them right now. Um, so, yeah, I agree with Chef, Chef Dan. I, I completely agree with you. Um, the, uh, you know, Charlotte Hornets, they're going to do their thing. Right. Yeah, and we haven't even mentioned P.J. Washington, who can hit the three, stretch the floor. I mean, <laughs> you know, not having Lou Williams for Atlanta is going to hurt because they can't they can counteract. Um, even if even if Lamella Ball gets in foul trouble, I'm glad you mentioned Isaiah Thomas, who is a center, a, a point guard who could play and keep up with a Trey Young. You know, and there's not going to be that much of a size advantage there. Maybe a quickness, but but still all in all, but when but when when uh, Trey Young has to sit, they don't have a backup center, a backup a point guard that come in here that will do give you replicate almost what. Trey Young could give you, you know, put that pressure on on, on Charlie Hornet. So, I, I I mean, I said seven points, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a double digit win. I, you know, the only mention the names for Charlotte, you know, it's like, wow, how did they even stay in a play? And they should have been at least a six seed, in my opinion, because they have talent. There's talented players. Not only that, I just say this again, um, as far as the athletes go, when you look at it defensively, if you want to do defensive matchups, I think the Hornets overall just they they match up so well that the Hawks will always have to be making adjustments to them. As long as they keep control of the game, the, the Hawks will always have to keep making adjustments towards the Hornets. It's, it's always going to have to be that way because you could either you, you could have LaMelo Ball or Isaiah Thomas on uh, Trey Young. It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's all about what you're getting from them on the offensive end. But then after that, like, if you wanted to slow down Trey Young for a little bit, you always go back to playing LaMelo Ball the, uh, you know, the usual amount of minutes that you uh, usually do throughout the regular season. And then after that, I'm just keep going to it, man. Miles Bridges, they don't have a forward to stop him. Uh, uh, DeAndre Hunter has been having a sketchy season so far. I they don't have anyone to stop him, and even if they do, like you said, you kick it to PJ Washington, he stretches the floor and he can run to the rim a, uh, a bit and, and create something off the dribble. So you you know there's just different there's a myriad of ways for them to get to the basket and even get a basket. That's really it. No, and, I, and one thing I forgot to mention is you know oh what about King Capella? Oh, he caused havoc. Well, you have Mason Plumlee, who I said might be impactful, but don't forget Montrose Harrell. He's a pain in the neck coming in there. 
off on the offensive glass, you know, keeping um, back tap, keeping balls alive. You know, now he's not gonna allow that alley you, you know, play that between him and, and Trey Young and Capella. He, he's he's he is a pain in the neck, battle tested um a, a backup center that's gonna give them problems there. You know, Zelino Gallinari is gonna have to have a huge, huge shooting game for order to stretch the floor. Because if not, hmm, I don't see it. Yep. Yeah. And, and Trey Young alone himself has the ability, like we've seen many times, to drop 40, 45 in a game. He just he can just do it. That's the type of player he is. So. But we've also seen in a playoff game where a player can drop 40, 10 points. Uh, you know, they could have a 40-point triple-double and end up on the losing side because the other team was just they were so well they were they were like a well-oiled machine that day they shared the rock and other players on this team uh on the other team they just went they they didn't have it that night like you said uh Danilo Gallinari he has to have it Kevin Herter he's got to step up uh uh Bogdanovich he's got to go crazy so they gotta, uh, you know, certain things need to go uh, very well for the Hawks in order for them to give themselves a chance. Yeah, indeed. So every, so we all got. Oh no, you took the who took Hawks? Um, Daniel, you took Hawks? No. Say again? No, you didn't take the Hawks. You, you, we all, we all in agreement with the yeah. Hawks. Hornets. All the way, Hornets all the way. All right, so we'll we'll go to the final game of the playing game. Of course, uh, what we got it in the after the evening as well. Matchup of a nine and ten as well. The San Antonio Spurs take on the New Orleans Pelicans in a matchup. I have the Spurs are five point underdogs. Uh, the Pelicans are a five point favorite. The money line is at one seventy five. The over is minus two ten, um, two twenty seven fifth and a half for over and under. So I'm taking the under on that one. And I have the injury report for the San Antonio Spurs. Ronnie Walker the third is day to day, and for the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram is out. And of course, no Zion Williamson. We know he's not going to play at all. So, oof, that's a, that's no Ronnie Walker to no Ingram. <laughs> now it's a battle of coaches. And salute to my friend Randy, who is a Spurs fan, a rabid Spurs fan, and I know he's gonna be—he's listening to see what we're gonna say about his San Antonio Spurs. Oh man, I have so many thoughts about this matchup. Yeah. Listen. Um. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just—but they're all selfish reasons. That's why I can't really. <laughs> I gotta say this. Listen, when you look at the Trailblazers right now, um, when you look at the Spurs, Dejounte Murray he's averaging twenty one point five points a game. Okay, so him alone, he's a threat. He's gonna be a threat. He's been playing solid pretty much all year this year. Um, he hasn't been playing bad. Um, and then when you look here at the Pelicans, Pelicans are a good team too. I think this is probably one of the few matchups that I look at this year and I say uh, for the playing tournament. I really don't know who's going to win um, because both teams are pretty, pretty solid. Both teams are pretty solid. So I don't really know who's going to win uh, between these two. It's going to be a hard matchup. That's for sure. 
Yeah, that's a toss-up. I'm pretty sure. I wish Vegas would have made it a closer than, than a five. You know, it looks like even though it's a two-possession game, but man, I can see that a one plus one because man, that's close. You know, for the Pelicans, can you know can they take advantage of bringing in a McCullough? And I can't see him McCullough put them over the top and win this one playing game. Um, they're going to be at home, which is a big advantage. No Ingram though, um, but. They're going to need their bench to come up huge. Jackson Hayes going to be a pain in the neck on the offensive glass. You know, they're going to need, you know, Devontae Graham to have a good game as well. Can they play? Can their bench help in an all-around effort against a really smart, gritty San Antonio Spurs team? Well coached. It's going to be in a position to win. It's up to the players of the San Antonio Spurs to execute proper the game plan. And you know they're going to go with a motivation no we're, we're not going to let Popovich go out even though he has not announced his retirement he's not saying he's going anywhere folks but we all see that the ending is near the end of the line of his coaching uh training ride is coming close to an end i wouldn't be surprised and maybe they you know they want to rally for for coach pop oh man yeah. that's a that's a toss-up man that's a real good i could flip a coin on that one man. yeah that's yeah it truly is a toss-up. It, it it truly is a toss-up. I, I see uh, G Money in the chat saying Ingram will play. He said that uh, Brandon Ingram will so play. If, so if, you... if Ingram will play, he likes the Pelicans. If Ingram will play, but I don't oh, think okay, Ingram, yeah. But I didn't know um, the pieces. Yeah, I was trying to look up the Pelicans right now to see if uh, Brandon Ingram was moved around in the. Um, in the uh, uh injury report i got um i got some selfish re- oh man okay truthfully it is a toss-up and i do not know who will win this matchup i really don't know it, it's a toss-up and i'm gonna be watching this game with uh you know just just Watching the game to have fun and watch the uh, the play in. But if I had my druthers, if I truly wanted it the way I wanted, I need the Pelicans to win. Pelican, okay, o- okay, okay. But the reason is, if they win, I would need them to also beat the Timberwolves as well. And I know Jedi, that hurts you a little. But in the long run, it helps us because it pushes the New York Knicks up the lottery ranking. And that's the only reason why I want the Pelicans to win. I got you. I wanted I was on the opposite. I wanted I want the Pelicans to lose. So they so the big man says. I don't want to be here. You think I'm going to come back to play here? You guys can't even play win a playing game? Yeah, oh, man. Trade me to New York. I mean, but he had the chance to play in the uh, 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 the the, um, the bubble. There's one problem. There's one problem with the with the Pelicans right now, though. CJ McCollum is the only person on the starting lineup averaging over ten points a game. Let me just say that he's averaging like 22 points a game right now. If you go look at their starting five and what they're all averaging, 
like three, five, six, and seven. It, it's it's really low compared to the Spurs. Um, you know, Pelicans are their their bench is gonna have to step up. That's really the only way I can really see them, you know, pulling through. Um, but both teams' bench is gonna have to step up because these are two teams where you know both they have to fill in all their pieces. Um, Tony, people like Tony Snell, um, Jose Alvarado. Um, oh. which Jose Alvarado, he's been going crazy. If you guys been watching, he's um, what leading the team in steals. Um, his defense is ridiculous. He has a three point shot. You can't leave him open. Um, he can run the point. I've seen. So, uh, you know, Pelicans have a couple pieces that if they utilize them the right way, it's going to be dangerous. One hundred percent. And Brandon Ingram has announced that he will be playing this game. So, I'm. Ooh. You know what? I'm gonna be more confident. I'm more confident now because you have McCullum and Ingram on the court together. I think the Pelicans can can win this. Also, Willie Green, he's a good coach. Don't forget, I I, I remember that game against the New York Knicks. It was frustrating, but they pushed all the right buttons in in what they had to do in executing what the, you know the right plays to win the game. So. I really believe in, in in them, and I think that uh, the Pelicans could win that game. So that would help push my dream forward. Let's go, Pelicans. <laughs> you know what? I was thinking about that. Also, the draft um, positioning for the Knickerbockers and they win also shows that we could win and go forward without Zion. We don't need Zion. We're great. You know, we don't want to be here. You know, as the Pelicans, Dude, we could I, win a playing game. I think independent of that, I think oh, he's Lord. just gonna leave because I'm just adding. I'm just adding. Yeah. I'm just tracking. I'm adding syrup and and sprinkles to the Sunday. I mean, when you when you realistically think about it, they made all the right. Like David Griffin, they have no reason to fire him. He made the right move in trading Anthony Davis for the draft picks he got from the Lakers, and you clearly see how it's working out for them. If the Lakers, you know. If the Lakers draft pick conveys for them into a high lottery pick, then they have essentially gotten, you know, a, a lottery pick right there. Not only that, but they have their own pick as well. So it, it really works out well for them. It's just that uh, the, the reporting is that he didn't like the, the kitty gloves that they handled him with all throughout the, uh, the his tenure so far and that they have no he has no indication to see why they would you know stop handling him the way they do so i don't know he may end up leaving who knows that's another discussion for another day day. but for right now just help 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 us out any way you can new orleans and just winning let's win so i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna just to just for argument's sake i'm gonna agree with both the both the pelicans pelicans they go on and play we we all liked it well we were split on the on the clippers minnesota right i think daniel liked it um you liked it minnesota to win we both were at the clippers yeah all right let's just go with let's go with a small small little uh minnesota and, and new orleans for your for your bracket on your on your end who do you think gets in the the right to play the eight seed between, actually no it was actually clippers i'm sorry in your bracket it was the it will be the clippers against the pelicans for, yeah because uh, the clippers final, lost against yeah the
it's hard it's hard it's hard yeah it's hard um because there there again if that does happen and those two teams end up advancing both sides have crazy equal 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 matchups equal equal matchups where the bench is going to have to step in the bench is going to have to step in because here again we have injuries we have injuries but um i'd have to go with the clippers yeah i like travis man i like travis man and, and company coming in for the clippers yeah i, I agree very that was that match up there on that and chef dan um let's say we go our hypotheticals let's say minnesota wins are you pick minnesota chef dan or you pick no i picked the clippers so it would be minnesota oh, versus the te- uh versus the uh pelicans pelicans okay so you're with me on that there okay yeah. um if if it's minnesota versus the pelicans i gotta say uh 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 Boudin and 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 blood sausage and 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 beads and and all that stuff. The Pelicans will win that again. Let's go! Oh, I think you, you gotta stop that. that. You gotta stop that. You got a big cap on me. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. In all seriousness. Oh man. Oh, I would want the Pelicans to win, but I know Minnesota would win that matchup. Minnesota, I know Chris. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota wins that matchup. So Minnesota's on its way, possibly with with Phoenix. But we could we'll break that down. Um, um, those that are listening to us, um, we we're doing this playing um predictions and and preview, and then once these two predictions or previews are done on Friday night. Um, Daniel, if you're available, you're more than welcome to come back for it on the G Money Hoops report to break down the win. I know G Money is salivating, um, wanting to talk about the NBA. He's been waiting all season. G Money is one of our fabulous NBA um, residents here on the program. I can't wait to hear his thoughts. He's in the chat. It's Gideon. Um, Gideon. That's G Money, the notorious G Money, and he's going to break down. We're going to have this program on Friday. Um, and definitely would love you to return and talk about it. But we haven't not, we're not finished though. Just wanted to just um just bring that up um just to let anyone listening, especially a, a um Arizona card Phoenix um, on God. I uh, hope you come because G Money is a, a rabbit Phoenix Sun fan. Um Gideon right on the right there in the chat with you is a huge, huge Phoenix Sun fan. I think you would love to hear his program because you you if you want if you want uh Phoenix Sun's flowers. Well, G Money is the man who to water your plants. He is. He loves it. It's not long season. But let's go back to the East. And the hypothetical talk. We all got Brooklyn advancing. Cleveland Hornets. That's a winner. Go home. That's intriguing. I would love to see the money line, especially in, you know how things pan out um, in the next two days. To see how what they one possession game or, or man, what you think on that I, one? I would think Vegas has that as a one possession game as well. I agree that's a one possession game. I believe that that would be a one possession game. That would be, you know, how last year everyone, you know, knew that for the play-ins, the big money ticket game was the Lakers versus the Warriors. 
I think that's your big money ticket game. I think that game symbolizes what the play-in is truly about. When you have two young rosters fighting for a chance to get in the playoffs. And, like, it's... I, I don't even... I would just... I'm sorry, just thinking about that matchup right there, and I, I, I'm being just a geek of basketball. I would just, I just watch that and just, like a. Just... <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm watching that game, like uh, because I know some NCAA March Madness type craziness is gonna go off in that game. I know that's how that game is gonna end. That's yeah. the only way a game like that could end. I, I agree. I agree. That's that, that's that's a matchup that kind of like when you were saying the Lakers and Warriors, you can't have two big teams or two hype teams in the news play like that and it not be, you know, not be explosive. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So do you do you like who do you think you like, Cleveland or or like I said, that would be a toss up. I don't know who to because the, the thing I said about with uh, um, with Charlotte having those athletes on their team, I can't bring that up anymore because Cleveland has some very good athletes. Not only yeah. that, but they can match up very well size for size with um, with with um, Cleveland. Uh, with uh, I think Cleveland matches size for size with the Hornets. Not only that, if anything, I think the one weakest link you would have is on the Hornets in Isaiah Thomas because I believe they have a, a, a they had their backup point guard in Rajon Rondo. He can take advantage of Isaiah Thomas on the defensive end. Yeah. Not only that, but Rondo is a smart, a very smart guard. I think the combination of Rajon Rondo and Kevin Love would just have those guys locked in on where they need to be. I think Rondo is always, you know, he's going to show his worth and the reason why he's consistently a guy that stays in the NBA around that matchup. And it isn't going to be in anything he, he, you know, it may be in a play or one play that decides something or it may be in something he told uh, another young player. And so they do something and they go, nah, you know, they're going to say it in the post game. Nah, that was all Rondo. Rondo told me to look out for this, that, whatever. And so when I saw it, like he said it, you know, it came to be and whoop, 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 because they had those guys. So if anything, I, oh man, I'd have to take Rondo. I mean, I'd, I'd have to take the Cavaliers. I'd have to take the Cavaliers because they have the veterans to help guide those guys to, to victory. I'd have to take them. All right, I can see that point. I, I, I'm a, I, I can see a point. I respect that and, and definitely I hear it. But the, I would like, I think I would, I'll take Charlotte. The reason why, because they're gonna come up with a win. They're gonna feel in the playoff, you get momentum, you feel, you feel, you know, you've got that momentum steam going. Um, short, uh, Cleveland lost. They're gonna be doubt. You know the way they, you know we were. Oh my God, we were a four seed, and all of a sudden we just dropped. You know we're sinking, and we go to you know depending how, especially if they get blown out. If they, if it's true what Vegas says, nine and a half point um, spread, and then Brooklyn, you know, totally destroys them and blows their, their doors out, and they lose by double digits, they're gonna be doubting themselves. They're gonna go down here and a winner to go home get elimination. 
doubting themselves against an athletic team, a, a smart ball handler, and, and, and no, no, no pun intended, in ball, you know, as a point guard, setting up his players um, and, and breaking down the defense if he can. Um, I know Garland could do the same, but when you win, you, I think momentum in this type of short series in a playoff playing tournament, I think goes a long way. That's why I kind of like leaning towards Cleveland. I mean, um, uh, Hornets to beat Cleveland for that reason, just because they're going in on hot. You know, it's like similar to a to, and I know they're two different sports, and, and they're totally two different two different apples to oranges. But it's similar to when you go to NHL with a hot goalie going into a playoff, you go with a hot team that's fired. And, and last year they fell short of getting into the playing um, the Charlotte Hornets. They're going to be salivating on, you know what, we we fell short, you know what, now let's get the job done. Let's get over the hill, over the top, and let's we'll get over this peak. And I think I think that's why I kind of like Charlotte if they do go up against Cleveland. If that's if not Brooklyn, it's not their way for them. What's your thoughts, Danny? Danny. Yeah. Um, I have the Hornets in this one. I have the Hornets. Um, I just kind of like you were a point you were making earlier, Chef Dan, when you were saying that the Hornets, you ju- they just look way more athletic, you know, in terms of athletes than the Hawks. I see the same situation here with the Cavaliers. Um, they just have, they, not to say that their whole team, when I say their whole team's young, um, I don't necessarily mean that they're, you know, they're not in that, in the mindset, but they're all like pretty, pretty, they're all pretty, they're all moving pretty, they're a fast paced team. They're, they're a team that moves in transition. Anytime you have a team that moves in transition like that, that, that can, you know, play good off of the fast breaks, like the Hornets, they like to run fastball. It's a problem because then the fans get involved because, you know, you have, anytime you have transition offense like that and you get, that gives chance for the fans in the arena to get involved and it just like you were saying earlier uh, Jedi momentum it just brings back all that momentum so um I definitely would say the Hornets are going to would win that one um yeah I have the Hornets as a favorite 100% yeah with that said yeah so we, we got some interesting playing games dude I think this is what the, the league wanted this again you got four additional fan bases the hope, aspiration of seeing their team in a series, a best of seven series, and you know this fun tournament style. Winner, one winner moves stays, moves on. The loser has to fight. You know, in the case of the, in the case of the eight, seven, eight seed, and of course, you know, nine, eight, they're in survival mode. You know, they have to be on survival mode. No room for the weary, and it's fun. I think it's fun. It, it, it keeps us interested. You know, and it, and it gets us, give us an appetizer to start the seventeen series. Like if you know if. The, if uh, uh, the eight seed, if they like momentum, are they are their momentum hot enough or get inspired to want to go and, and dare I say an upset? So you know, I, I'm personally gonna say if, if depending on the matchup, be careful with the one seeds on both Eastern and Western Conference because Miami yeah. they have a lot of internal grief, and you get a hot uh, athletic team in either Cleveland or or. Uh, Charlotte, there's not going to be an easy pushover for Miami, in my opinion. Let's not forget what Miami just did, um, you know, in 2020, where they almost beat, not almost beat, but they, they were in the finals. Literally, not two years ago, they were in the finals. Um, they're still here, and they're still knocking on that door. They're looking to win 100%, you know. Um, I think that 
whoever Miami's going up against here in the playoffs. You know, Jim Jimmy Butler, he's gonna give them buckets. You know, um, um, guy from the that just transferred over from Toronto Raptors. Can't remember his name right now. Um, Kyle Lowry. Gonna, yep, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry's gonna give him buckets also. Um, they have a very well built team. Um, Raptors have a bit. He have a very well built team. I think they're going to um, um, not be a pushover like Jedi said. They're not going to be a pushover. They're going to definitely um, step in and do it. Do their thing. I think they're going to go pretty far. Um, yeah, I think they're going to go pretty far. <clears throat> yeah, and even in the West, depending on the matchups, you know, matchup problems for for a Minnesota Timberwolves, Timberwolves could be a matchup problem for either the one or the you know one of the two if they win. You know, you know, if you know, if you see them giving fits to the Phoenix Suns, I think Phoenix Suns might have just enough to beat them. You know, but it's not going to be an easy. It's not going to be a gentleman sweep with the Timberwolves. You know, that's going to be a tough, hard fought series right off the gate for for Phoenix. You know, that's going to be a tough one. They'll be favorite, but it's not going to be no pushover. And maybe, the, maybe they, I think maybe if they get they, they're hoping they get the Clippers because I think they'll match up better with the Clippers or, or the Pelicans. You know. Well, you know, of course, we're not even going to give a shot to San Antonio. I'm sorry, Randy, but um, Spurs, if they do make the playoffs, that's a five game, if at best, gentlemen sweep against the Suns. You know, you know, give them one game, but that's a right. tough one. What, what's your thoughts, Chef? Man, I didn't get your thoughts on either one. Yeah, Pelicans won't back down. Let's go, Pelicans, baby. Let's go Pelicans. <laughs> I am still fighting for the Pelicans. Well, back there. I wish I had G Money here to do the Pelican noise. back there. I'm doing the wings. <laughs> Listen, Pelicans are going to make it as far as the, um, you know, the uh, cat, Carl Anthony Towns. That's as far as they're going to make it. Yeah, I, I know. Once it's time to go up against them, we they're gonna be all right, guys. Come on, it's time to handle business. It's time to. You know. <sighs> I mean, but yeah, like you guys said, all in all, it's it's gonna be some very interesting uh, first round matchups in the playoffs. Um, over in the Eastern Conference, we know that the 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 Miami Heat they can be had. Because we know that there was a lot of fluctuation being, uh, you know, all throughout the uh, standings uh, in the um, during the regular season. So when you really have that going, you, you kind of let it be known, and you let it be known not only that, but you see all the records throughout the uh, Eastern Conference. It's a lot closer than it was in previous years, and it's closer than it is in the Western Conference. You see, in the Western Conference, there's a lot of this, uh, you know two to three teams that you see clear-cut favorites you kind of see them making a run and then other teams you kind of wishy-washy on you see them kind of eliminating themselves in the first or second round versus in the east it's really anyone's game you kind of just know that uh somewhere along the way the bucks are going to find themselves in the mix later on down the stretch because they have just been comfortable all throughout the uh, regular season they know who they are I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna make this prediction now, so you guys know. In the finals, it will be the Phoenix Suns 
and the Boston Celtics. You got to hear. So if this comes true, you have to come back on as the sports prophet. That's it. This is your baptism name. That, that, that's it. If it comes true, fruition, that's going to be cool. Um, I'm going to call it. I, I'm going yeah. to stick with that. Phoenix Suns and Celtics. I can see this out in a, in, a, in a scenario where the Celtics could get there. You know, they're gonna play the Bucks. You know, the Bucks. If they if they get past the Bulls, which I think, and I don't think no one sees the Bulls losing that series or winning that series. Excuse me, to the Bucks. See the Bucks win that series there. Uh, that's gonna be interesting to see Bucks and if uh, Boston. Boston's just hoping that that Brooklyn, you know, doesn't. They don't see Brooklyn seven. After after years of trying to get together after years of building and building and building the celtics are finally in a position where jason tatum and um Jalen brown have chemistry that is unbeatable right now jason tatum and Jalen brown together when they're on the floor they're averaging at least 40 points or more 40 points plus right now when they're playing together starting per game they're both dropping over 20. Go go look. Um, they're they're a threat. Um I think that you know the hardest matchup they might have in the East is the Bucks. Is the Bucks, like Jedi was saying. Um if they get past that first round, that'd be a great both teams, that'd be a phenomenal move in that second round. But we got that, we got wait weeks for that to to um unfold and fold. And I know you're going to go over this intensively with, with the notorious G Money because he doesn't believe in the Boston Celtics and, and he'll tell you his reasons why. And I know you guys are going to have a fun conversation on Friday night with it because he, he he's he's a, he's a basketball encyclopedia, Daniel. So come with come with your A game because he's, the notorious G Money is a, a, a numbers guy who knows his NBA facts and numbers and man i can't wait and there he is as we speak his whole prediction is fun um sons and nets so i can't wait for you guys to debate that um on friday uh that's gonna be fun um i think you know it's gonna be it's, i can't i can't wait to hear you guys there i probably be on the yankee call but i'll be listening and, and definitely would love to hear that um friday night um man and before we we, we close out the playing predictions and um, let's talk about the the, end, the whole league, um, the regular season. Um, anything that um, Daniel caught your mind on this whole NBA season, um, in general and whole. Uh, your thoughts on your thoughts of the whole season. You know, something that like, man, I can't believe this on. So we know we got some coaches that might be fired. We already saw some of the shoe drop. Alan Gentry no longer coaching the um, Kings now in a front office position. You know. Guys on the hot team, Bo goes out in Los Angeles. Um, anything that caught your eye besides coach? Um, let me just say this: trades, 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 trades are going to be happening this free agency this summer. Mm. This summer will be ridiculous, and I think that the Lakers firing their head coach and the fact that they didn't even make it to the playoffs at all. I think that. There's going to be a lot of trades on the Western Conference side, just specifically um, being made. 
one of those trade predictions I'm going to make now. Um, I do not think that Kawhi Leonard will be staying with the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard signed a one-year contract. If I'm correct, he signed a one-year contract when he left the uh, Raptors. Um, his contract's up this year. He's a free He'll be a free agent this summer. Um, so I don't think he's going to stay. Me personally, hmm. I don't think he's going to stay. That's the first person that says that. Um, Salute, I completely right in the building. Salute, man. I haven't seen you in a while, man. Our world's most famous chat. Salute, man. Hello. I hope you're doing well, my friend. That's surprising. Yeah, it is. I would have never guessed that. Let me ask you this. What's your thoughts? You just know he's leaving, but do you think he's going to go back to the Eastern Conference or he's going to go to another Western Conference? Because his wherever he goes, a lot of balance shifts the balance of power where he goes. Say that, say that again. Well, I'm saying, do you think he's going to the back to the Eastern Conference or does he stay in the West? Because where he goes, a lot of shifting of power is going to be in a balance there on conference. Yeah, that 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 is true. Um, I'm not really sure exactly where he'll go, but um, I can tell you that just from looking at the Clippers the past, you know, two, two and a half years, it hasn't really looked too good in terms of um, team chemistry where they wanted it to be. Because what they wanted was for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to be in there playing together. Um, you know, um, and they haven't been able to really progress past, you know, the first and second round of the playoffs. And like Chef Dan was saying earlier, Paul George has been kind of choking when it comes to those, you know, those those one possession, three points on the uh, three points down, five seconds to go on the shot clock. He hasn't really been, you know, exerting and making it happen. I just think I don't see Kawhi Leonard staying unless I mean, unless he's there signed for a long term three or four year contract that, I, that I'm not sure about. But I don't see him saying personally. Where's G Money? G Money, can you can you check for us in the statistician that we signed through? Because I I thought he wouldn't have extended or I think he signed through the uh the till 2024, 2025. Okay, okay. Yeah. But he could request. It doesn't it it wouldn't be Google. It doesn't know. It yeah, it, it wouldn't, yeah, but it wouldn't um I wouldn't be surprised if he asked out because it, it this is in line with something I said earlier in the season. I genuinely thought that the trade deadline wasn't going to be as surprising as everyone thought it might be this season. I really thought that the uh, the the crazier trades are going to happen during this offseason due to the fact that the um, it was two reasons why. Number one, we knew that COVID was going to hit this season harder than it hit last season which it showed it did, which is why we have in the Eastern Conference such a balanced display of, of wins and losses. A lot of teams were ravaged with COVID, got hit with COVID in inopportune times and lost certain games that they needed to win. Um, number two, I with the free agency not being as, uh, as uh, 
hot as it's been in the past couple of years, I think that the trades are really going to happen this off this off season. I, I and also with uh, certain teams, you, you see certain players are the rumors are already being leaked out that certain players are frustrated with their teams and they already um, signed the contracts with the teams that they signed them with. They can just ex- essentially go for extensions because players don't want to, you know, the the high uh, dollar players. They don't want to forego the dollars that they could get with the teams that they have already. So the new plan is essentially sign the contract and then ask for uh, for a way out. It's not upsetting at all because someone is going to pay the price. We know someone's going to pay the price, so teams are just gathering the uh, uh, the, the the price the, the you know pieces needed in order to pay the price. I think that the crazier uh, uh, trades will happen this offseason. And like you said, Daniel, I agree with you 100%. Trades, trades, trades. I don't know if Kawhi is going to be the first domino to fall, but I do know a, 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 a shifting of power will happen during this offseason. Sure. Hey, you, you, never, you never know. A three-team, a three-team trade, you know, easily. we got to find out if the money works, though, but... I, you know, they're they're a power, they're a small forward, you know, send a power forward. We have a power forward in New York that wants to be relocated. That his wife said she missed living in the West Coast, um, and we, we you know we might not want to take uh, Leonard back. We could always send them to New Orleans, you know, three, for three power forwards going in a in a circle and around with some picks. You never know. It could be interesting, very interesting. You brought something up there that that, that just oh, turned a light bulb on in my brain. I saw a, uh, there's a rumor, there's a rumor that Lakers are looking at trading Russell Westbrook for Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. Gordon Hayward signed a four-year, $120 million contract. He's already, this would be his second, this would be second year done. So he would have, they say he would have two more years left, but there's a rumor that Lakers and Charlotte Hornets are willing to make some type of um, agreement where they'll trade Russ Brook over there to play with LaMelo Ball um, because they're saying when you look at it now, Westbrook, you know, they every the whole, you know, they've been talking about how Westbrook hasn't really been playing that great and how the most games that he's played his best is when LeBron wasn't playing. And the reason because because they're both ball dominant people. The teams that Westbrook's really thrived on, Westbrook, even when he broke the triple record, the uh, triple double record. Um, the teams that he thrived on, and when he thrives, he's usually when he plays on a team where he is the one with the ball. He's the he's the one. He is the the main guy, you know. And like I said earlier, Hornets they run transition fastball, fastball, fastball. That is some somewhere that Westbrook could play because he's a fastball transition type of guy. Um, you know, right now I do know that the Lakers are over their cap in terms of um in terms of money i know they're over their cap by a couple million dollars so i don't see um i don't know exactly how they're going to figure that part out um but i do know that they're definitely trying to make a trade this year and there's rumors that it could be coming from the charlotte hornets yeah the charlotte hornets there there's there's smoke to that because westbrook is an expiring contract you know he has one more year left on but it's a high number 47 million dollars Russell Westbrook, but he is aspiring. Um, I think the Hayward experiment can never stay healthy. You know, with the Hayward um, experiment is finished with Charlotte. 
because yeah. this is a second uh this is a second postseason where they fought to get themselves in position to at least fight for a seeding and he's not there because he's hurt he plays great during the regular season but he's hurt and what you're looking at essentially i think what in that rumor um what charlotte is looking at is which would you rather have two more years of Gordon Hayward not being there in inopportune times or just a year of possibly Russell Westbrook you know he already he, you know he's going to opt into that player option it's going to be one year left you're going to have him there and if it's a good fit then he's uh you could sign him back not to the same contract cuz we know you're not going to sign him to that same contract you're going to tell him look we have other players that we have to sign that come first because they've been here longer than you. You can possibly sign a 20 million dollar contract, you know, maybe 17, 18 closer to 23 million dollar contract, but we're not signing you to 40 million. So that's a possibility there and if it doesn't work, then he's off your books. Not only yeah. that, but yeah. you're sending two contracts in Rozier and um uh uh and uh Hayward to the Lakers. With the Lakers, I know like you said Daniel, they're over the cap, but that's the price you pay when you sign uh uh when you when you trade and sign for Anthony Davis, when you get a LeBron James. You know that essentially every year you have those two on the books. You're just you're, you're working over the cap. You're just trying to you're trying to spend the least amount of luxury tax possible every year. True, true, true. I I 100% agree with that. Um quick question for you guys. What do you think the what do you think one of the Lakers' big problem most, you know, biggest problems is this year or what do you think they have to change? Um because nobody really saw, you know, a nobody really saw a big a big three as like LeBron, AD and Westbrook coming into a season and not not making it to the finals, but not even making a playoff appearance because they didn't even make it to the playoffs. What do you guys see that they would have to change? Um Did I? I I think with the Lakers, they're missing guys that want to get there and get their sleeves, roll up their sleeves and get dirty, get the offensive rebounds, get in there, um, set screens, you know, high pick and roll. You got the best player in the world, you know, make it easy for him. Set some hard screens, you know, make him, you know, off the curl. He's very smart and he's not selfish. LeBron is not a selfish player. He will feed you the rock and if you put him in a good position where he can get you that rock, he's going to make he's going to you you're going to go to the bank with him. So, any players unselfish and he also needs to get athletic. They're a little old, you know. If you if you wanted to get younger, you could set up, you know, your rim runners. You don't need guys, you know, be honest with you, be honest, you know who would, who would thrive with a, with a, playing with a LeBron James, Mitchell Robinson. The way he's offensive glass and he's you know the only thing that Mitchell Robinson doesn't set the screen well but with LeBron though you know competing the ball in, in, in those type of play Jackson Hayes from from the, from the Pelicans those kind of athletic centers you know Montrose Harrell those kind of players and I think they had Montrose Harrell right um, then yeah. he played with LeBron a couple years ago yeah that bench that's burning them again they're missing Kuzman they're missing Harrell they're missing that youth that they had there and they they you know sometimes you think the grass is greener on the other side and it really wasn't because you bought in Westbrook the name stars but really you had the guys doing those dirty getting in there when i mean dirty is those hard work those 50 50 balls guys that are going to get 
the um, court burns in that 50-50 ball, diving for the loopholes, going in position there, and, and just causing havoc and then missing that, in my opinion. It's funny you say that they need, it's it's crazy. They need a Montrezl Harrell type of player. They need a Kyle Kuzma type of player. And they need a KCP type of player. All the type of players that they let go in the previous years, I think they need that type of player back into the fold. What I think they're also missing though, is like you guys said, a coach to hold them accountable. Vogel was able to hold them accountable for one year. But then what happens right after you get the championship? You only give them a one-year extension. So now with that being said, you kind of just let it be known. You don't have a lot of faith in the coach. Kind of making him a lame duck coach. He's coaching year to year for his job. That's a stressful environment. He doesn't have any cachet. So you need a coach where you have the cachet to kind of say, all right, we're going to hold these guys accountable because you know with Russ with Russ saying what he's saying, salute to you, Russ, you know AD's health, is like he's not going to be there every game. LeBron James is aging every, uh, every year. He's not going to be there every game. But what you definitely need is a guy to hold those ancillary players accountable. That way, the nights that you have a LeBron, but you don't have an AD, LeBron's load even then isn't that heavy because those guys know what to do when playing with LeBron. And when LeBron is not there and AD is there, it has to be the same thing because they know what to do when he's not there. There's got to be a, a foundation. But you've gotten rid of all the players that you've drafted. The only player you have left is Taylor Horton Tucker. Every player that you've drafted has essentially become an asset to help you either get a player or move someone off the books to help you, uh, you know, stay uh, under the flow. And that's not supposed to be that way. When you're in the luxury tax as high as you are, it, it doesn't matter. You're paying the luxury tax point blank, period. So it's all about consistently contending every year. And you yeah. got to get right back to that. Yeah, Chef Ben, you know, I agree with you on that whole part, everything you just said. Um, go, to go back to the coaching standpoint, I believe I do believe at some point in the season, the players on the Lakers team, they kind of just kind of tune Vogel out. They kind of just kind of tune their coach out because, you know, having Anthony Davis hurt, he was hurt for more most of the season. Him and LeBron only played 22 games together. That's not enough time to have chemistry. They did over 50 different starting lineups, Vogel did. Over 50 different starting lineups. Just to try to figure it out, you know, down to the very, almost to the postseason. We still didn't have any type of consistency or any type of um, game plan to really get it done. And that's why the Lakers are where they are now. Um, but when you look at the Lakers team, they are the oldest team in the league, you know. Therefore, 82 games in a season is very long when you get older. So they have to look for players that are younger to take on those roles because, like you said, An Carmelo Anthony, he's going to give you 15, 17 off the bench. But 82 games in the season, you even saw, they started to have, you know, LeBron, he's twisted his ankle versus the Pelicans when he dropped 56 points. Anthony Davis, you know, Anthony Davis was already hurt, so that just makes everything worse. Melo, he can only do so much, you know, unless he gets hot. 
because that's just where we are right now. Um, so I do see the Lakers making a lot of big changes this year. Anthony Davis, as bad as it sounds, if Anthony Davis does not stay healthy and he gets hurt again like he was this year, I do see them trading him 100%. I see them trading Anthony Davis for a lot more players. Reason being is because if the game plan is to have AD and Braun play together to win a championship like they did in 2020, but yet he doesn't play the whole season, there's no he has no value. He has no value to the team. Point blank period, as bad as it sounds, as blunt as it sounds, he has no value to the team being hurt. So I see them trading him if he doesn't step it up this year. I think this year for the Lakers will be the make or break. 100%. I think this will be the make or break year um, because they have to get it done. It's been two seasons in a row. Frank Vogel, now when you talked about Frank Vogel, I don't think that all the fingers should be pointed at him. Um, I do not. Frank Vogel, this is the same coach that just won the championship for the Lakers. And now they're firing him two years later. Um, I do believe that a lot of the a lot of the fault goes to LeBron. Um, you know, you have Rob Palenka, the co co owner for one of the co owners for the uh, Lakers. He even suggested not to pick up Westbrook when LeBron made that decision. He said that they said we should have gotten Demar Derozan because that was actually um, he was actually one of the offers with Demar Derozan, and LeBron said he wanted you know Westbrook instead. I think that if we would have got Demar Derozan, he would have done a lot better. Um, they would have put up a lot more points. Westbrook, like I said, Westbrook, he has a certain style of play that he plays with. Westbrook needs the ball. <laughs> he needs the ball. He needs he needs everything to be set up a certain way for him to play the way he did when LeBron wasn't in the game. Um, so I do think it, all the fingers aren't pointed at Frank Vogel. Um, them firing him, I do think that is... I mean, he was really already on a one year. I think he had one year left, or that was his last year. They had that to make was his last year. That was his yep. last year. So they either had to make a resign. I don't. They, I didn't see them doing that after him losing. You know, these last two years have been pretty torturous. Um, but when you look at the Lakers roster right now, when you see Melo, LeBron James, Anthony, Day, you have so many Hall of Famers in that locker room. That is so much uh, ego and pride in there. You need a coach that will be willing to stand up and be like, hey, we got to get this together. You guys aren't playing the way you need to play. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. A guy that's not afraid to talk to a LeBron and tell him what to do. Like a Tyron Lue. They need like a Tyron Lue. When Tyron Lue was coaching um, LeBron and the Cavaliers, he was like that. He wasn't. He, so I think that them looking out and getting uh, this coach, Coach Mark, I think that would be great. Um I think that'd be great because he definitely is a coach that he's not a pushover. They need a coach that will stand up and say, you know, what what they need to get done and not be afraid of that. So, yeah. yeah that's a great, great valid points there um, with that. Uh, but to see, I don't know, to, you forgot also to mention um, Austin Reeves. Is a, it looks like he's a player. A good yeah. shooting guard, um, under the, you know, with LeBron taking advantage of LeBron. You know, it'd be interesting to see if, if they, how many draft, if they draft, how well they draft because the Lakers, you know, who knows? They they might end up winning the lottery. You know, they yeah. might, you never know. They might end up winning the lottery. Although, you know, I personally think the Knicks are going to win the lottery. For some reason, I have that told you. Dan, it's the first time I say it on, on air. I have a funny feeling they're going to somehow get rewarded. The, you know, even if it's just to be ping pong, I think for some reason, I think that they're going to get, because they didn't, you know, we could see that conversation for a different day, but, uh, you know, I think that they're, 
I know. Wouldn't be surprised if Lakers end up with the top three NBA picks this year and regroup. Because remember, it's about TV and revenues and eyeballs. You put, you gotta put these players in the top market. Yeah. Yeah, Chef Dan. They don't get that pick. They don't, right? They lose that pick, right? This year. It goes to the Pelicans. <laughs> I told you this is the cost of doing business with Anthony Davis. You even said trading, suggesting trading Anthony Davis. I don't think they're gonna do that at all. They might float it around, trying, you know, you know, I, knowing this front office of the of the uh, Lakers, they would float it around to try and amp Anthony Davis up to make him, you know, think like all right. You're replaceable, brother. You you know, you're not getting the job done. You need to be a beast every night. We don't need this selectively uh, playing, you know, half heart. Like, it, it, Anthony Davis, he kind of plays like a prima donna. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what they would yeah. do. That's what they would do. But I agree. as far as them trading and, you know, or possibly regrouping with a pick they're getting this year, that ain't happening, brother. Yeah. This is the cost of doing business for Anthony Davis. You are paying the cost now. You got you got to reap the rewards prior, but the only way you could keep from paying this cost today is that you had to stay competitive throughout these years. And that even meant not overreacting from last from the year prior where you lost in the playoffs because everyone got hurt. So you decided to trade everyone to try and get a superstar to play when everyone is hurt again. No. I think what, you know, more so than them, uh, you get rid of Vogel, that's fine. But you need an addition in the front office. You need someone who's going to tell certain people to move out of the way. Because Kurt Rambis shouldn't have as much say as he has in the front office. Linda Rambis shouldn't have as much say as she does in the front office. All these leaks coming out of the front office shouldn't be happening. And so you need someone else in the front office to kind of just, you need someone who's a constant, who's been a consummate professional, who's been in other organizations like the Spurs, like the Raptors, other front offices that have done the job correct. You may even need to poach someone from the Miami Heat. Someone who could possibly be sitting right under Rob Palenka where you're promising him the job like, hey, we're probably not going to keep Rob Palenka for long. But after he gets fired, you're the guy next uh, next up. And we need your vision on everything on how to clean things up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chef Dan, I, um, I agree with everything you said except for one part. Um, when you said Anthony Davis, you don't see them trading him. The reason I disagree is because right now the Lakers, when they're looking at their organization, what they're saying is, okay, LeBron is on a time. He's on a timer. Time is running out. The whole focus of this team right now is to win championships, period. So whatever they have to do to get that done, they're going to do that. So if Anthony Davis doesn't deliver, they're going to find somebody who does. 
100 percent they're just they're, they're gonna find somebody who it's a cutthroat business over there you know the staples arena they are not messing around if they have like you've seen with frank vogel frank vogel found out that he was fired literally post game five minutes after they finished and beat okc thunder so um i feel like i do feel like anthony davis this this is the make or break year i feel like if he has a good season and they do something i feel like he'll, he's definitely going to be there don't get me wrong he is he is one of he is the face of the lakers along with lebron him they're 100 i agree but if he's hurt i just i see them trading him 100 just because if you're not bringing anything to the table for not one year but two seasons you don't know how long lebron will be playing you know what i mean they're trying to bring in as many championships as possible right now because all the only time we have is right now um so um that's just how my view on it that's my view I, you know what i just want to say i will come I, like i i agree with what you're saying and time will definitely tell it's just that where i'm at right now with as far as trading anthony davis the reason why i don't see them like like you said this is a make or break this could be a make or break season for him the issue is that you're always going to lose the anthony davis trade from here on out whenever you trade him you're always going to lose because what you got back what you're getting back you didn't pay that price for and granted it was a championship you got from him and if that's all you got like hey some people only get get one in their lifetime you were hunted for multiple that's fine lebron's possibly gonna uh, gracefully age out and you're probably next uh your, your next you know your next goal in life is possibly to get back some draft picks in order to draft uh brawny uh brawny james jr because you you know you, you don't want to pay a premium to to uh, to get him and you want lebron to age out in the uh in the uh in the uh franchise because he got you a championship he definitely delivered on his promise he got the he got the lakers uh championship it's just that right now i don't think you're ever going to win the anthony davis trade but time will tell on that i could be wrong down the line yeah right right what i was going to elaborate was also with anthony davis if he's injured there's not going to be a lot of franchise going to want to offer you a player going back in that caliber that will help lebron win a championship although lebron win it you could pretty say much with anyone that you could be contention because he's using him but he's already older to elevate um and in the one team that actually will actually be able to do something actually it's two teams but one team is the team that's renting the, the space in the same building you know Kawhi Leonard Anthony Davis swap but then you're playing almost the same type of player you know although we would make there was a lot of rumors that they were going to both team up you know they thought it was going to LA but can you see I don't see anyone else getting equal value back for Anthony Davis you know of a caliber that's going to might as well keep him I mean I don't know I don't know you know where where does he you know if you look around the league there's not going to be nothing really you know you, you send him to to play in Dallas you're not getting anything back to you know when you're over the top for a championship um that's tough uh jedi let me ask you a question um if anthony davis keeps showing history like this of being hurt progressively right 
let's just say he does get hurt this year S similar situation there's not going to be it's going to be hard to trade him why because teams are going to look they're not going to want somebody that isn't promising player they're going to look and they're going to say he's always getting hurt what can we really do with that you know yeah. um that leaves lebron in a situation where if he can't get somebody with him to win a championship because he's stuck with anthony davis can you possibly see lebron moving again and going to a different team he has the cachet to do it because i always yeah. he's always contractually left the team to where he has the power to do so i don't think he signed an extension with the lakers yet he won't i don't think he will and after this year i don't know if he will i mean he may have signed a two-year extension after the championship so the it would be uh it would be up after next year possibly we uh uh, uh we're looking into that right now but oh man if there's a possibility where lebron james could end up leaving the uh could end up leaving the lakers you know on his own terms and it could be a, a something to where he's in the uh you know it could be a summer of lebron again wow guys you won't believe this this came out five hours ago shams charnia espn reporter has stated that Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James has agreed to a two-year, $85 million maximum extension contract. I saw that. You saw that? I, I just saw that right now. He's he, 2024. He's a free agent yep. in 2024. That was today. That was today. He just, wow. I was just, just going to talk about that right now. I just saw it and I say, wait a minute, he just signed an extension. That he's making $41 million and $44 million. That's crazy. That's crazy. Salute, Shy Tao King. Welcome, welcome. Good to see you back. Lakers are gonna probably gonna trade LeBron, but I man, but you they just I, signed him for, for forty. I, yeah, this is the other thing too because uh, Shytown, uh, they, they just yeah he just yeah. had an extension. The other thing too is I know everyone keeps saying any contract is tradable in the NBA. I'm gonna stop that rumor right now, for one reason and one reason only. If you thought every contract was tradable, Russell Westbrook was only traded for what? He was only traded for John Wall, a contract just as bad as the Russell Westbrook contract, as far as the numbers. So now who is he about to get traded for again? Who's the rumors? It's Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier, right? But the only way that's possible is with Russ going, having one year left and they're potentially trading for two years back. So not every contract is tradable. It's under the right stipulation. Sometimes you could get stuck with the contract. And in the case of LeBron James, you there is no trade package I could see being seriously discussed about LeBron James. No, not at that number. Not at the 40 plus million. If you would have kept his contract there and where he was was, then you could say, you know, you know what, they could move him. They could be both, or they could ask him, where would you like to go? Where would you, what team can you go and play that we could pick up either assets, picks, or, or a player, you know, that we could bring something back, you know, and play. And I'm not, and I'm not going to say he was coming here, but an example. Let's say he says, man, I see the Knicks. I could be the one piece that pulled from over. You know, maybe you want to trade me for Randall and the Knicks to give me three three picks and I'll go play with the Knicks. I'm not saying come here. I'm just using that as an example. But see, even then, guess what? Guess what? Mathematically, 
the trade machine would block it because it doesn't add up. Right, but I'm saying before before, still, the, before the extension, before the extension, the, the, the money he was making prior to that, he would have, he, he, you know, you could have Guess what? No, I, guess could, what? I could I definitely, I could have seen that. Before no, I it, it could have, before the extension, right? But guess how much he was making? He was making either from like 38 to 41 million. So right, the trade right. machine still would have blocked that trade because it wouldn't right. have worked. Right, right. But you I'm would have saying, had to send. I, I, you would have had to was, send if them money was, Yeah, if money was equal or, or in a way where we could send his contract, maybe with a Fournier and some. It has to be Randall Fournier. Right. Well, they would have just had traffic. to do. They would have just had to do what they what they what the Lakers had to do to get Anthony Davis, which was trade basically the entire team. Lonzo Ball, Ingram, you know, all and the those Knicks players. are not in that the Knicks are not in that position for that. But not in that in, position. In, in, in a in a in a world like that. That's what I would ask LeBron and that, and where would you like to be moved to? And that's exactly how that would work. The only, before, the but now only, with this extension, no. You think the, you the think only the way that works the, the only way that works, honestly, I'm telling you right now, the only way that works is it is the amount of tampering that have to go on. Because he'd have to let the team know, okay, if you're trading me to this team, I'm only tra- I'm only being traded to play with this person. So now LeBron would have to have the cachet to say, here's what the trade package for me is going to be. And then the other team would have to know that LeBron is asking for that because the only way they'd have to know that is they'd have to have been talking to LeBron. It, it's, a, it's a whole lot of tampering. It is a whole, it's a whole messy stuff and that if the trade was to go down the nba would immediately say i have to investigate that hmm. yeah salute hector salute hector's in the building salute to hector project nerd hq and heel heels in the building salute you but um, yeah, like like we said, that's the the only way a LeBron trade happens is if there's a a, a a whole gang of tampering. A lot of teams are gonna lose a lot of of of, of draft picks. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's no way he's getting traded without um getting back two, three, or four players because it's just too much money that's involved. And too like much were, money, yeah. and, and and the class of player is too high. And again, they're already over their salary cap. So yep, yeah, yeah. No, only that he wanted to cite that extension because you know Bronny finishes out his what, two years before he gets to the NBA. He could go declare. Yeah. So exactly the same amount of time that he has for his extension is the same amount of time that his son will be eligible. So then, then he's a free agent the year that his son comes out. So yeah, you, well um, strategized. Well strategized by him. You know what? He won. He already got championship. We already considered him one of the second best or oh, third best player in the NBA history. And now he's making now make the money, make the money, play out, and go where you know Bronny is gonna go and fulfill that dream. And then you can set off to the sunset. Um, it looks like that's the game plan for him. Can you guys see? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Keep money. We, we, we just mentioned um, our thoughts. Oh, uh, who now? 
No, we had a question in the chat. <laughs> we, we mentioned we mentioned that we spent a, a good portion of the program on that. Um, but um, if you didn't, um, I think we, we liked it. Brooklyn to Brooklyn to be seven. We liked Charlotte to be the eight, and we thought Minnesota. And well, Chef Dan wants the Pelicans in the, in the eight in the eight seed. I want Minnesota in the eight seed. Um, and Daniel, I refresh my memory. Um, your seven seed was four. The West. Minnesota Timberwolves for the Western Conference. Yeah. And Minnesota your 7th seven, seed and your 8th seed was the Clippers? No, it was the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then I had them going up against the uh, Pelicans. No, and you oh, said yeah, Clippers no, you, beat the Pelicans. So it'd be... Yeah. Yeah, 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 right, 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 right. So right. your 7 and 8 would be uh, uh, Minnesota and, um, and Los Angeles. In, yeah. in the Western Conference, and right. then the Eastern Conference, you have Brooklyn and uh, Brooklyn and the Hornets as the seventh yeah. and eighth. Brooklyn and Hornets. I have Brooklyn at uh, Brooklyn over the Hornets, though, obviously. Because yeah, right. Um, I'm sorry. The reason I started laughing is because you know what the NBA would really do just to get back at LeBron. They'd have some place like Sacramento draft uh, Bronny James Jr. And <laughs> Sacramento would never train him and be like, hey, if you really want to play with your son. <laughs> San Antonio. Well, what well LeBron, said, he, LeBron already said himself, he said he'll, he's going to play wherever Bronny plays. Wherever. So, so they that, put him. That, if that's, people don't realize, like, it's such a strong statement because being a player like that, anything you say, everybody's listening to what you say and you can move a lot of things. He knows he can move a lot of things. He just moved the draft. So <laughs> when he says that, basically, I'm not going to say it's already putting Bronny in the NBA, but saying I'm going to play with my son regardless is like saying, hey, if you pick him up, you got me too. It's like, bring him on over, you know? It's and like, that yeah. makes his son the number one overall draft pick. Which exactly. puts even worse pressure on him. <laughs> oh, right. just, just, just think, just think of this. Where in two more years from now, when Utah is already dismantled, Donovan and Gobert are gone, Utah gets the first pick. I would love to see LeBron play in Utah. Who knows? Jojo is worried. Jojo's worried. Nah, they send them to, they send them to like NBA Siberia. I don't know where that is. The but... Magic, right in my hometown. <laughs> in our hometown, Dan. Well, that for the <laughs> we got LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see him on the four hundred eight. I'm about to check out Tankathon right now. I want to see all the worst places where LeBron can end up. If he went to the Orlando, Ma oh my God. Imagine him in Oklahoma. <laughs> I just can't see him yet. Well, Kevin Durant played there, so he embraced that. Hey, he and he already, that. I don't know if you guys heard, but when they had the NBA All-Star game, LeBron just kind of out of nowhere gave props to the Oklahoma City Thunder's GM yeah. and was saying how, oh, you know, I love, I forgot his name. Um, you got, Sam you Presti. Yeah, he Presti. was like, he was like, Sam Presti, I mean, 
If you guys seen what he's done, I, I love the guy. He's made such great moves, such great moves. He was just talking so good about him. And then, like, two days later on Sports Center, they're like, LeBron talking this good about Sam Presti. Like, he's like, I'd love to play with him and blah, blah, blah. He's, he's talking a lot. So it could happen. Imagine, yeah. Imagine the Pelicans draft Bronny. And they say, you took AD from us. Now you come play for us. But he'll embrace that too, because it's Bronny, not bad. He, he, man, we need to. We need him to come to the Magic. That's it. Bronny, Bron, to Orlando Magic. Who is your favorite? Nah, I know where he's going. I know where he's going to end up. He's going to end up in Portland. What a great setup to the Celtics. Ooh, when, he quit the, when he quit the first time when he, before he went to the Eagles. <laughs> oh no, man! The way things go in a, in a crazy world, he ends up he end up with the freaking Hornets, so he can play with Jordan, on the Jordan. Yep. That's yep. Exactly what's gonna happen. Yep. You know that. Yep. <laughs> that's what it. That's the way they probably. That's the way they the NBA would do it. Yeah, that's the way you script it. But all in all, it'll be interesting to see. We'll, we'll, we're gonna wrap up um in two seconds here. Yeah, of course. Yes, you. Yeah, of course. The chat is where it's at, Daniel. Whenever you see anyone addressing the chat, as long as they're respectful, you're more than welcome to. Want to yeah, man. So, that they they make the show go. Gideon, Gideon, Gideon. I'm um, I'm a um, you know, wherever LeBron goes, that's that's the team I go with. Wherever he, if he's on the Detroit Pistons, I am a Detroit Pistons fan. So I'm diehard LeBron fan. We respect yeah. that. We respect that. So, so Gideon, you got yourself a, someone that's going to come on with you. Uh, if Daniel, as his schedule allows, we'll come back for the G-Money Hoop Show. They're going to break down the first uh, play and the bold prediction of the rest of the uh, first round of the playoffs, the matchups, the, you know, the juicy matchups that's going to be aroused. Who's going to be ninth? Who's, I mean, who's going to be eighth? Who's going to be seventh? Who went home? Who got fired? Who didn't get fired? Who's healthy? Who's not healthy is going to be interesting. You know, two in Friday um, here. We'll be on. Um, uh, we'll see the time slot because I, I probably do the Yankee watch along with the Orioles. Or maybe I just not do the Orioles Yankee game that night and do um, Saturday night since they're going to play Saturday night. But all in all, we'll check the schedule. We'll definitely um, hit that like, hit that notification bell. Also, you can hear us on all the audio platforms. Uh, Spreaker FM, uh, Google, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple, um, now Amazon Music as well. Now we were, we're able to get into that platform. So anywhere you have a podcast, you put BX Sports Jedi Network and you have a different show. Different. You got the MMA with Chef Dan in Austin. You also got the Yankees. Uh, it's over Yankee Yanks with Michael Caputo. Salute to Michael Caputo was on WFAN this morning. And, and we have it there. If you go to the community um, portion, uh, I posted it uh, thanks to Pope of Sports and Michael Caputo with Sal Akata going one-on-one there asking questions and ranting about why he thinks the Yankee season is over. So good, good plug for the program, for the network, um, for our main man, Michael Caputo, man. You know, I get up at four in the morning and he's on the fan, man. That was cool to hear him Caputo on there. So it was awesome to see that. And guys, um, thank you guys again for this. Um, so don't forget, hit those likes, please. Let us know um, feedback. Um, we're, we're more than happy to have um, Daniel Dan, the man with us now, part of the network, breaking down NBA basketball. You know, it's going to be fun because he loves the game of basketball. And you can tell 
and LeBron James on anything that just not just LeBron James, the NBA itself. And it's always good to surround ourselves with great minds, and of course, always in the always family. So we always go to the family. So definitely, definitely appreciate him here again. Um, Daniel, close us out. Say some, say a few words, and the floor is yours. Man, I just appreciate you guys bringing me on here. Um, you know, it's great to talk to you guys. Um, you know, anytime we get to talk about sports and just get together, um, it's great, you know, great for the community, great for, you know, for, you know, mentally, for everybody to talk with everything going on right now. Um, I be can't wait for the next time we all talk. Can't wait for Friday night when we um, all talk about, you know, what's going to happen, what the predictions for the play, and let's see what turns out and what happens. We had our predictions for the seventh and eighth seed. Uh, we had some said Clippers, some said Hawks, some said, you know, the Hornets. Um, so we're going to see what happens, man. So it's an exciting season this year. I'm glad to talk to all you guys that are here on this live stream. All right. All right. And Dan, of course, you're, you're a pound of flesh here, my main man. Close this out and we'll run the intro. Um, Very dope talking to play-ins. You know, uh, it's going to be some very interesting matchups. If you're a basketball nerd and just love the sport itself it's going to be very exciting you're going to see uh certain results that you may not have agreed with but the game is decided that way on the court we're excited for it i'm here for it and uh yeah let's go straight to the play-in playoffs you talk about playoffs you know I mean? playoffs i just want to win a playing game later guys <laughs>